Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. Coming up in about 10 minutes or so, we'll get to ask us anything. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Any questions that you may have, sports or otherwise, we'll get into that coming up here in just about 10 minutes or so. But right now, I'm always happy to be joined by Clint Hurdle, the former Rockies and Pirates manager, 2013 National League Manager of the Year. He's joining us now on BK and Ferrario. Clint, we appreciate the time. As always, my friend, how you doing today? I'm doing very well. How are you all doing? Uh, doing really well. So I want to start out with a guy that we saw last night here in St. Louis. You were able to manage him in Pittsburgh Andrew McCutcheon is back with the Pirates, Clint. It feels like the the place that he should be at this point in his career. When you saw that he was going to be making that return, what was your reaction? Oh, I was happy for Andrew and the fans, first and foremost. And I think it was a, a good, positive move by the organization, um, you know, for the right reasons. They've had... I don't have my finger on the pulse of Bucko Nation now, nor do I the Cardinal Nation. <laughs> Uh, but knowing that the past three years have been very hard and they've tried to grow up a young nucleus, I think they went outside and added some veteran uh, experienced leaders. And Andrew being one of those, I, I thought it was a very, very good move. Clint, from a manager's perspective, how important is it to have those types of players in a clubhouse for the length of a 162-game season? Because the Cardinals, they have their leaders, but they also have a young group of nucleus that's coming up. Well, you know, they're two completely different times and spaces for those two clubs. The Cardinals get five Hall of Famers on their lineup last year, you know, in, in that clubhouse. So there's plenty of leadership there, probably as much as anybody's ever had. Uh, and they've still got ample leadership. There comes a point in time where young players need a North Star. They need a GPS. Other than the manager and the coaches, <clears throat> they need people that have gone through this and have plowed through some tough times and some challenging times, experienced success, <clears throat> played in the postseason, um, you know, played meaningful games past September. And it does make a difference when you, there are voices in the clubhouse. And I think we were able to take our turn uh, upwards when we added Russell Martin and A.J. Burnett back in 2013. I mean, those are two guys that, you know, if you invited them to a fist fight, they both have knives in their back pocket. <laughs> um, they showed younger players, you know, how you go about it, how you show up, how you prepare. And they always also showed them how you show up after a game when things don't go well. So there's the professionalism aspect of it. There's the gamemanship aspect of it. And then there's the execution on the field aspect of it. Craig, just as – um 
Clint, just as a follow-up with that, uh, I know you said you don't have the pulse of the Cardinals team, clubhouse, things like that, but you do know the effect of players like Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina who were on the team last year and, of course, went into retirement this season. From a, from a manager's perspective, does the ripple effect have a little bit of a lasting impact for a team like the Cardinals when those two players move on? Well, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I've never been in that situation. I've never had a clubhouse that has going to have five future Hall of Famers. <laughs> um, and if it does have a ripple effect, shame on them for letting them have a ripple effect because they've still got three future Hall of Famers in that clubhouse. Uh, and they've taken it upon themselves to talk about the Cardinal way. Well, now it's time to go do the Cardinal way. And there's a new group that needs to step up and, and own it and perform and prepare and execute. And, you know, that's just all part of it. So, yeah, it's not easy. You won't replace those guys. And one or two guys aren't going to be able to step in those shoes. But you still have Arenado. you got Goldschmidt. you got Wainwright. Come on. You know, you you got a lot there uh, to pull from, experience to pull from. And that's not to downplay some of the other people that are players that that are in that organization. So I would hope not. But, again, I don't know. We're talking to Clint Hurdle, former Rockies and Pirates manager here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Clint, it's been a weird start to the season for this Cardinals team. I, I think they're going to be fine. They're five and eight on the season thus far. When you were managing, at what point in the season did you feel like you had a pretty good handle on on what your team was going to be? Was there a like a mark in the season where you're like, okay, I, I feel like we kind of know for good or bad what this is going to be? Well, truthfully. I've played enough. I've coached enough. I've managed enough. You don't ever know what's gonna, what the end is going to look like, even at the halfway point sometimes. Because in 07, our halfway point was we were hovering around 500 for five months. And we got hot late. We ended up in a World Series. So if you would ask me what my you know temperature was after 40 games, normally I look at it, I would always have a staff meeting, and usually an organizational meeting, after 40 games. It's like a horse race. It's a quarter mile. You know, it's the quarter post. How are we looking? What areas are we strong in? What areas do we need to improve? Um, how we prioritize things moving forward. And I think we try to keep it simple. Um, you can't have 10 problems. You need to ice. We'd always work in three. What are our three biggest strengths? What are our th- maybe three things we need to keep doing, three things we need to stop doing, and three things we need more of. But we would take it at, take it at the 40 game, the halfway point, three quarters, and obviously the end is, you know, that, that's when you know where you are. For a team, Clint, is, and I know it's so early in the season to be on this side of it, but you know how it goes, especially with Cardinals Nation. Two weeks into the season, if they're struggling, it can be a little bit of a panic mode. If an offense is struggling in the early portion of a season or if a pitching staff is struggling in the early portion of the season, is there one of those two that's more alarming for a manager? Well, good hitting will always get shut down by good pitching. It has for 100-plus years. Good pitching shuts down good hitting. Um, there's no way around it. So, you know, when you're losing the ones and twos, I kind of look at on who we're getting beat up by. And if we're, you know, if we're getting beat up by fours and fives, that's alarming. If the ones and twos are shutting us down, we're finding a way against the three, fours, and fives, that's what we got to do. you got to find a way to beat a one and a two on the other side every now and then. When you and I, and I look at it the other side from – our ones and twos, how are they performing? How are you know, two top guys performing, and how are the people after them? Um, so I don't know if one's more alarming than the other. Um, based on history, you look at the back of the ball cards for the players, 
you know, funny thing about we talked about McCutcheon earlier, and I had him from we were together from eleven. And I forget when when they asked him to leave, traded him. But he never had a good April. It didn't matter what kind of spring he had. You can look it up. April was hard. It was always hard. So, you know, you, you don't close the book. Okay, Andrew had a bad April. Andrew's pretty much pretty much going to have a bad, a bad April. We could never figure it out. We tried different things, you know, because you don't want to do things the same way and expect a different result. Um, I don't know the personnel well enough um, there, but I would look at, you know, it goes back to me looking at ones and twos and threes and fours and fives on both sides of the ball and seeing who's performing, who's not. And if our big boys aren't getting it done, what can we do to help them generate some momentum? Because we need them. You got Your good players need to be good for you to have success. The, the funny thing is that used to be the thing with uh, Paul Goldschmidt as well. It's like, ah, Paul Goldschmidt, bad first month of the season. All right, now his season actually begins. And then over the last two seasons, it's like, oh, Paul Goldschmidt, amazing in April. <laughs> so far, he's batting 355 with a 970 OPS. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, Clint, when it comes to hitting specifically with runners in scoring position, I'm not just talking early in the season. I'm curious with your expertise on this. You, you've been around baseball for your entire life. When a team is struggling in that regard, hitting with runners in scoring position, is there anything that you can do as a manager or uh, for your hitting coach to, to slow things down? Like what, what can be done to try to get that corrected? Or is there anything? Well, it's, it's ownership of the players. Now there's things as a manager, you try and be a thermostat, not a thermometer. I didn't need to tell my guys we're struggling with runners in scoring position. Let's go. Let's pick it up. They knew that. <laughs> It might be, guys, what can we do differently to get better results? Then I'd try and dig into a couple layers. What's the quality of those at-bats with runners in scoring position? Are they just weak outs? Are they pull-side ground balls? Are we getting beat with fastballs, fly balls the opposite field? Try and break it down to give them something to look at and say, okay, here's where we are. How do we get to where we want to go? How do we make better contact? Are we going to start hunting stuff early? Are we going to move up in the box? Just suggest doing something different sometimes. Um, The hitting coach probably needs hugs in more than anybody else. You can't beat people up when things aren't going well. That doesn't help. You know, I was at a Little League game (laughs) a week ago. (laughs) Watched one of my buddy's kids play. And there's a kid in the box, and it's the trophy stance. You can see the egg on his left arm, right-handed hitter. He is so stiff and rigid. In his setup, he's trying so hard, and his dad's screaming behind him from the stands, relax. The kid turns his head back to his dad and goes, I am. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's kind of where we get in Major League Baseball in those positions. And I just try to find a way to loosen the guys up. I said, hey, you know, truthfully, how are you looking at this? Is the pressure on you? Because I would beg this challenge you. The pressure's on the pitcher. There's three men on base. He doesn't want to make a mistake, you know. Let's let's just be a little let's just be a little calmer. Let's be a little quieter in the box. Let's use our eyes more than our big muscles. So there were things I would offer up, and I try and give them a pat on the back or a smack on the backside. You touch them on the back, you touch them, on the back, you smack them on the back. It's three foot difference, but both are appropriate at different times. <laughs> Clint, I did want to ask you as a follow up on that: when Clint Hurdle shows up to a little league baseball yeah. game, what's the reaction from those in the crowd? You know, now that I'm 65 years old, they just think it's another old man. <laughs> how, how do you take in Little League Baseball? Like, is it hard for you not to evaluate things? You know what? No. It, 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 I just watch, man. 
I watch, I enjoy, I look for the kids that are smiling. I look for the kids that are having fun. Um, you know, sometimes you got to turn your head the other way with the parents because every parent thinks he's a general manager because there's money involved. They paid money for stuff. So that makes them, that gives them ownership of what's going on. Uh, whether it's Little League, whether I go over to IMG, the high school over here and watch games all the time for the Rockies. You know, I go up to, I go up watch college games up in Gainesville. And it's, some of it's different and some of it that never changes no matter what parts you're in or what size the players are. Final question. We'll get you out of here on this, Clint. Thanks so much for the time today, as always. Uh, there have been a million different rule changes this year in Major League Baseball. I, I don't need to specify them for you. I'm sure you've seen it all in play. How do you like them so far? Is there anything in particular that stands out to you, either in the positive or the negative? Ten years ago, I would have thrown my hand up in the air, red flags all over the place. You know, Don't change the game. It's worked. I, I would have had all my arguments in a row. Unfortunately, uh, the game got twisted. Um, I think, you know, the analytics involved are very beneficial in some areas, and I think they've taken us down some rabbit holes we didn't need to go down. So I think the corrections that are made now are good for the game. I'm, all, I'm a fan of the game. I, I never want, thought I'd want to see a, a pitch clock. However, if you look at the rule book, even 20 years ago, there was a, they, they talk about pitching efficiently, pitching you know, managing your time. The ump stop doing it. The batters are the worst offenders. The pitchers, you know, they're all so slow. When you throw money at everything, everybody slows down because nobody wants to make a mistake. So the pitch clock has helped. <laughs> we couldn't beat the shift, so take it away. No shift. More hits, more runs, more action. I'm a fan of all that. The one I still have trouble swallowing, digesting, and probably never will be comfortable with is the ghost runner at second base once extra. That, that one just doesn't work for me. It's my constitution. You and our, our producer. Yeah. Our producer hates that one as well. Tanner he was fine with it in 2020 that. when we were doing the COVID stuff and all of it was fake. Nobody knew the rules, and we ended up playing a 60-game season. But since then, he's like, no, not, not interested in that. Everything else he's okay with, though. Clint, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Uh, we look forward to get, catching up with you anytime you're available for us, and hopefully we'll do it again soon. Well, thanks, guys.